Well, we have been in this series that we called Stories Around the Campfire for a few weeks now, and today we're going to wrap it up. Summer is always a time where many of us get away and go camping, and one of the highlights for me in the very few times that I camp is the campfire at night. It's always a time to unwind. It's, it's a time to get away from all your normal distractions, and time slows down around a fire, doesn't it? I, I know that, that I have a lot of memories of being around a campfire. I'm sure that many of you have some great memories of putting away your technology and the busyness of life, sitting around a campfire with your friends and family and, and just being. Today, the story that we're looking at is, is going to deal with a problem that every one of us has had dealt with at one point or, or another. Now, this isn't a Christian problem. This is just a people problem. It's all about making bad decisions. We all make them, don't we? To make things even worse, we often see the signs of a bad decision and still make that bad decision. You knew, you knew that if you stayed up all night with your friends, you'd have a tough time writing that exam at school the next day. You knew you shouldn't go, have gone out with that one person after work, but you still did it. And both of those decisions led you to a place you never wanted to be. So how can we learn from our past mistakes? How can we learn so we don't make those mistakes again? Or, or even better, how can we learn from someone else's bad decisions? I think learning from other, someone else's mistakes is better because we often don't have to suffer the consequences, right? Today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22. Feel free to turn there now in your Bibles, or you can always log on with your uh, smartphone apps. Today, we're going to be looking at one, um, a story from one of Jesus's closest disciples named Peter. I think if you're familiar with Peter's story, we might forget the background of where Peter actually came from, because Peter was an interesting character. Peter, Peter was someone who, who ended up following Jesus around for three years, but most of Peter's story in the New Testament is written after he encountered Jesus. Now, Peter, he had a life before Jesus. When we first come across Peter, we find him fishing with his brother, Andrew. Now, this wasn't just a hobby. This is how they made a living. He, and, and then Peter ended up leaving his business and followed Jesus around. Now, a part of how we fish has probably changed, drastically changed in 2,000 years. Maybe the, maybe the way that they make boats and the size of the boats has changed, but the attitude of getting the fish into the boats hasn't changed. I'm sure the roughness and the characteristics of fishermen haven't changed much, much either. I can also imagine someone who has been living outside, living outside in the, in, the, in the bad weather, in the open waters. This guy's been around the block. He's tough. He might get into a fight or two. He might be known to put his foot in his mouth every now and then. Fishermen might say and do things before they really thought through them. One story with Peter is just Peter showing his personality is when the disciples were out at sea during a storm and they see Jesus walking on the water. There's only one guy in the boat willing to get out of the boat and do what Jesus was doing. And that was Peter. I think that if Peter were around today, he'd be that one friend that we all have who would be constantly posting things on social media only to be deleted later. No, we know that when Jesus takes over your life, your personality doesn't go away. Now, some of your rough edges might get rounded off. And if you lean into Jesus, you'll, you'll look more and more like him, but you still keep your personality. This is what we see throughout the stories of Peter. 
So even though the story that we're about to read about Peter is after he met and spent some time with Jesus, I still think there's a bit of that rough, get in your face, I'm right, maybe say it like it is fisherman in there. The story we're going to look at today is, or some version of it, is actually in all four gospel accounts. It's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And do you know why we picked this version? Well, because it talks about fire and our series is called Stories Around the Campfire. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a fire in other accounts, but the authors felt that detail was unnecessary to include in, in their account. So this story happens right after the famous Last Supper. And if you've ever been here on a weekend that we've taken communion, that is where this practice started. This is the night where Jesus has been arrested. Matthew records in his account that all the disciples deserted and fled. But Peter, he didn't run away. In Luke's account, he might not have been right there with him, but he was close enough to see him. So Let's pick up the story in Luke chapter 22, verse 54. So they arrested him, and they're talking about Jesus, and they led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. It's nighttime. Jesus' enemies have grabbed him at night when when Jesus' friendly crowds aren't around for protection, and they take him to the high priest's home for a quick trial. Now, to Peter's credit, I I think Peter was brave, but not that brave. It's kind of like me when I go cliff jumping in a lake or a river. I jump off a cliff, but maybe not the biggest one. (laughs) Peter may have been afraid of ending up in the same place as Jesus as he stood off to the side. He was trying to blend in with the crowd. Peter shows a little bravery here. At one point, he's following at a distance. But once the fire is lit, he comes out and sits with the guards. But you can tell that he's not, an, he's not a guard. He's probably not dressed as one. He's doing his best to blend, to blend in with the guards. But, but they're, all they're doing is they're just waiting for the results of the trial on the inside. Peter is a fisherman. Peter's been with Jesus. I'd I like to think that he's probably standing out like a sore thumb. Let's keep reading in verse 56. A, a servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus's followers, but Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. Now, although Peter showed some braveness in being somewhere he shouldn't be and following Jesus at a distance, he couldn't stand up to a servant girl. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No man, I am not, Peter retorted. In some other versions of this story, they they tell of Peter either cursing at the person questioning him or saying something like, may curses fall on me if I even know this man. Verse 57, but an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. (laughs) Matthew's account records that on his third denial, people were calling out his accent. We, we know that you're with him. You sound just like all those other guys who hang out with Jesus. And we, we understand accents, don't we? When we talk with other people, we, we can often tell where they're from. You know, they, they might be from England or Australia or maybe the southern states or Chilliwack. <laughs> That's what they're doing too. Hey, you're not from here. You're, you're from that same place that Jesus is from. You must be with him. 
Peter had just said three times, I don't know Jesus. And then in verse 61, Luke records, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Jesus, he seemed to know what Peter was up to, what he was doing. Moms seem to have this gift too, don't they? I remember as a teenager doing something in a church service that I shouldn't be doing and having this burning sensation in the back of my head only to turn around and into my parents' direction and see my mom glaring at me from across the auditorium. My mom, I think, had this gift from Jesus. Jesus knew when Peter was messing up, he, he made a bad decision and gave him that look. But knowing Jesus, I'm sure it wasn't a look of anger, but of love mixed in with disappointment. The story continues. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. This is what Jesus said. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Now, this is a flashback from less than 24 hours before when Jesus was explaining what was about to happen and Peter had a reaction. Peter went even as far as saying, I'm willing to go to prison with you. Maybe that's a little bit of the fisherman in Peter coming out. Maybe he thought, never me, I'll never do that. We might even say that from where we sit. We might think, if I were Peter, I wouldn't have denied Jesus three times. Saying never me is a terrible place to be. I remember before I was a parent, Andrea and I would go over to our friend's house and they just had a baby. And we would watch how, what, they, what they would let their newborn get away with. And I remember driving home and I'd say, say, say something like this. When, when we're a parent, when we're parents, when we have kids, we'll never parent like that. Then we had kids. <laughs> I was a much better parent before I had kids. You, think, you, you might think that you'd be a better person than Peter, but you've never been in that position. No matter who you are, we all need to know that we're all capable of doing things that we never thought that we'd do. It all starts with a small decision going in the wrong direction. If Jesus' close friends will do that, people who saw him do miracles firsthand, how do you think we'd react? I don't think that Peter, Peter ever intended to let Jesus down. We can never say never me, so we need to be careful. Peter messed up. Peter made some terrible decisions that led him to this point and led him to a place where he didn't want to be. So what can, what can we learn from this story around the campfire with Peter? I think we all can see a bit of ourselves in Peter. Jesus saw something coming. He, he saw something in Peter's life that was going to lead Peter to have a, a failing. He was about to make some decisions that would hurt him and some of the relationships around him. So as we wrap up this series, let's, let's talk about three signs that you're about to make a bad decision. Now, if you call yourself a Christian today, you, you may call it a sin. If you don't call yourself a Jesus follower, you might just call it a mistake. And you know what? It, it might not be a sin. It might just be a bad decision that will lead you to a place where you don't want to be. Now, even if you're not a Jesus follower, I think we'd all agree that we would all like to make better decisions in our life. I think, I think that all of us would like to stop making bad decisions and start making good ones. But I think, I think that Peter set himself up for failure. Let's see his path and not follow him down that bad path. 
The first thing that I see, that, that I see during, during a tough time, that Peter was having a tough time. Peter was all alone. So the first sign that you're about to make a bad decision is that during a tough time, you choose to be alone. Peter was in a tough situation. One of his best friends had been arrested and he thought he might lose his life. This was terrible. And Peter was all alone. Now, true, all of his friends fled and Peter was the only one brave enough to stick around. But Peter didn't have any of his close, godly friends around. You know, God didn't create us to be alone, especially, especially when we're going through a tough time. In our society, when we go through a tough time, we want to hide. We want to get away from everyone. This is counterintuitive. When you want to lean out, you should be leaning in. Getting with the people that love you and want what's best for you is important during this tough season. When you're going through a tough time, this is when we need the people, when, when we, this is when we need people the most. We all need that friend who's going to show up when we're having a bad day that's going to cry with you when you're hurting. And it's going to help you make good decisions when you can't even think straight. So no matter who you are, find that group of friends and lean into them. Let them support you during this tough time. Now, this is why groups are so important to us at our church. We know that you can feel alone in a crowd where you're unknown. We want to get you out of rows and into circles where people can get to know you, pray for you, and help you out during your darkest times. Hmm. Do you feel like you're being tempted to do something that you know isn't right? Don't be alone. Get around people who love you and want what's best for you. It's always easier to say no when you're in a group, surrounded by people who love you and want what's God's best for you. Second thing that Peter did that we might do to bring us closer to making a bad decision is this. We don't listen to those closest to us. Jesus, he actually warned Peter that this was going to happen. I know in our lives that if you surround yourself with people who love you and want what is best, maybe, and maybe they're a little further down the road that you are right now. They, they can see your blind spots. They can see things that you can't see, or maybe you're choosing to ignore. They can help you with the mistakes that they've made. It might not be nice when they say hard things, but it's loving. There's a great verse in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14, and this is what it says. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. If you're one who marks up your Bibles, maybe you should underline this word, many. Because in this story, there are not many. There is Peter, and that's it. No one else in this crowd even knows him. There is no one out there who loves him, just people there who are wanting to accuse him. The rest of his friends who love Jesus are gone. Now remember, as we mentioned last week, the common denominator for all the bad decisions that you have ever made is you. You don't need any trouble in getting in trouble. You can do that all by yourself. Here's Peter getting in trouble all by himself. What are the people who love you the most telling you? Is there something in your life that the people you love the most, the people just a little down the road from where you want to be, what are they telling you? Are they telling you one thing, telling you to head in a certain direction that you should, and you think you should go in the opposite direction? These people are the many that this author of Proverbs is talking about. Listen to what they have to say. Are you dating someone and everyone in your family, the people who know you the most, the people who love you the most, 
Are they telling you that this isn't a good relationship to be in? Maybe there's something there. Maybe that's good advice. Maybe they see something that you don't. Are you about to make a financial decision that everyone that loves you says, don't do it? They're the many. Listen to them. Now, maybe a better insightful question might be this. Is there a decision that you're about to make that you're afraid to talk up to about with the people that love you the most? Because you know what they're going to say? <laughs> That's true. That should be a warning sign for you. Because you know what their response is going to be. Maybe ask, why? Listen to that voice. Like Peter, maybe they see that you're heading in a direction that they don't want to see you go. Or they ultimately, they know that you don't want to be there either. Now, maybe as you look at your life, you see that you don't have people that you trust. Maybe this supports the first idea that we need godly people in our lives. I was a youth pastor a long time ago, and I would remind my students all the time, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. <laughs> Isn't that true? Maybe as you look at your friends, even as an adult, you don't like your future. Maybe this is a sign that you should lean into to more of what a group in our church might have for you. We hope this will be a place you'll find people who will love you and support you. And maybe you'll be able to do the same for them. The third and final sign that Peter was on the road to failure and a sign that we might be too is that we're, we're always given more than one chance to make a bad decision. We're always given one more chance to bow to that temptation. We are never tempted just once, right? But wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I grew up in the 80s. We had the Just Say No campaign. It was, a help, it was a way to help my generation say no to drugs. If it were only that easy. We know that temptation will come at you over and over. You just can't say no once and the temptation is gone. You'll be tempted more than once to make that bad decision. You have to understand that you're going to have to learn to say no to that temptation every time that you're tempted. Maybe for Peter, the hardest part of denying Jesus is he realized that he had, he had a few times to resist that temptation. He had a few times to get out of the situation before it happened. He was even warned by Jesus beforehand, but he didn't do anything about it. Are you engaged in something right now? that you know is wrong, but you haven't been caught yet, one day it will catch up with you. Maybe now's the time to stop and confess, and get some godly people around you and make some good decisions for your future. Let me pray for you. Father, I'm so grateful for this example that Peter has set for us. I thank you that we can study his path and help see the warning signs maybe in our own lives. God, I think all of us in our lives, we want to make better decisions. Lord, help us to be aware of our surroundings. Help us to have a clear picture of where we want to be and set a path to get there. So God, we thank you and praise you for all Peter's examples, even all the examples around our lives, and maybe even thankful for the, for the mistakes we've made in the past that we may learn from them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now is the time for the question of the day. It's an opportunity for you and the people you are watching with to think and reflect on what we just talked about. So take a minute and ask the question of those who are with right now or take some time and think about it on your own. Here's your question of the day. As you look at your past mistakes, 
What lessons can you take away with you so you don't repeat your failures? Now you might think, Troy, it's nice that you've given a step to stay away from making bad decisions, but what about us who are, who are living with the consequences of our sin or the bad decisions that we've already made? The good news is Peter didn't stay there and you don't have to stay in that guilt either. Peter was in the low point of his life. We know that this isn't the end for Peter. His story wasn't over and yours isn't either. After what Peter did, I, I may have kicked him out of the club, but Jesus put him in charge. Peter could have let this decision define him, but Jesus was raised from the dead and everything changed. Just about a month after all this happened, Peter is starting this movement that we are still a part of called the church. He spoke this message from his hurt and his pain and his forgiveness, and thousands of people put their trust in Jesus in one day. For those of you who have messed up in the past, this should encourage you. Jesus was raised from the dead and everything changed. Jesus is still raised from the dead and you can be forgiven too. Grace is available for you as well. When you've messed up and you know it, you might think it's the end, but I'm so glad this wasn't the end of Peter's story and it's not the end of yours either. Revelation chapter one, verse five says this, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week.